here. It's um, really, really exciting to be here for week two of our 40 days of prayer series. I'm going to put these on. I'm sure that uh, I can find some solidarity with anybody else who has glasses during this COVID season. They just completely fog up when you have a mask on and they're fogged up by your own hot breath. It doesn't get much more gross. So I just take them off when I'm wearing a mask. So um, yeah, it's great to uh, yeah see all you guys here. We obviously started this series last week. Brian opened up for us, did a really great job looking at, if I had to sort of summarize it in a, in a point, what to expect over this 40 days of prayer and to be expectant and to come expectant and continue to pray, pray in a way that is expectant. And um, I really loved what he said about the importance or significance of the number 40 in the Bible. So the number 40 is actually mentioned over 140 times in the Bible. So it probably is represented a bit higher than most other numbers in the Bible, at least most two-digit numbers and three-digit numbers. So it represents, Brian said last week, a trial typically of testing, trial, probation, and it's followed by a time of fruitfulness and blessing. So I think that's really cool. And I think that that's what we should be expectant of as we're kind of going into these 40 days of prayer and continuing to pray. So I think today what we're going to talk about a bit more is what is prayer? What is prayer? Why do I keep on saying prayer? Weird. What is prayer? And essentially, I suppose when I started working on this talk, I was a little bit self-conscious that maybe it could come across as a little bit patronizing. Like, what is prayer? It's like, okay, Murray, we've got it. It's talking to God. Let's move on to week three. Um, so I know that this can sort of feel a bit like a conversation that maybe we should be having like in a circle with Sunny while we make macaroni bracelets. Um, but I think that there's actually some really good stuff to come out of what is prayer. Because I think that for all of us, there's maybe some assumptions that we've made about prayer that can actually be misconceptions. And I think quite often any frustrations that we can have with prayer, any disillusionments that we can have about prayer come from these misconceptions that we have about prayer. Our frustrations come from misconceptions. And I think that that's a really important thing to look at. So today it's maybe not so much learning as maybe unlearning some things that I personally and probably some of you guys have incorrectly sort of learnt over the years about what prayer is. Um, so I want to tell you a quick story. In 2016, I, uh, 1st of January, dropped the knee and proposed to my then beautiful girlfriend. Um, and we had this sort of year-long engagement. It's sort of a pretty standard um, engagement. But as you guys know, it's a crazy time when you're kind of organizing a wedding, right? You've got all these different things that you need to organize. And on top of that, you want to make sure that you look your best on your wedding day because we're all a little bit vain. We all want to make sure that that wedding photo is like the best version of ourselves, right? We all want to make sure that in 20, 30, 40 years time, people look back on your wedding photo and go, you guys were a good looking couple. So what we decided to do was get a gym membership. That's what we decided to do. And I think probably it'd be fair to say that Em and I both went into it with slightly different 
conceptions, preconceptions of what the gym was. Maybe partly because, well, M is a little bit less vain than I am, but also because M had actually been to the gym before. She'd actually had a personal trainer. She was sort of walking in charted territory, whereas for me, it was a bit of a new thing. And I think that I'd probably been to the gym before, but I'd found it, I mean, frustrating. I'd found it awkward. I'd found it confusing. I'd found it painful. But I found, looking back on it as I was writing this talk, that a lot of my frustrations about the gym came from my misconceptions about the gym. And the truth is, unfortunately, after about three or four weeks, I quit <laughs> the gym. And M decided to continue to commit to the gym and got all the way through to our wedding day. So looking at our misconceptions about prayer today, I want to kind of break a couple of misconceptions that I had about the gym and that maybe we have also about prayer, which is making it frustrating, which is making it tiresome, which is making it painful, confusing, awkward, all of those things. So... I want to call today's sermon, Why I Quit the Gym. And we're going to look at some misconceptions that we might have. And maybe why even right now you've kind of quit prayer a little bit outside of maybe saying grace or in your small group, why you're not really praying at the moment. So first misconception that I had, I expected to be an expert when I started the gym, which kind of sounds crazy, right, in the context of a gym. Like if I walked in on the first day and walked over to the weight section expected to just lift up like a 500 kilo dumbbell? No, it's not a dumbbell. It's a bar. It's a bar? I don't know. Look, I obviously quit the gym. But the thing is, if I tried to pick up this 500 kilo weight straight away, I'd obviously send myself to hospital. I'd really injure myself and it would be an awful experience for me. So obviously we can see in the context of a gym that we shouldn't expect to be experts straight away. And yet for some reason, a lot of us, when we enter prayer, have this misconception that we're suddenly going to be experts. That's just going to go straight away. We're going to nail it. It's going to be easy. We're going to know exactly what to pray for. We're going to know exactly how to pray. I want to say it's okay to not be awesome at prayer. <laughs> Let's forgive ourselves. Jesus came to redeem us, to free us from guilt and shame and suffering. So I want to kind of think, what does it mean to learn how to be good at prayer? Well, a good place to start is that we're not very good at prayer right now, a lot of us. But I've got some good news for you. It's not all doom and gloom. We're in very good company. Because the Apostle Paul himself, who like wrote a large chunk of the New Testament, actually writes in Romans 8.26, we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. This is what he's saying. We don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. So if the Apostle Paul doesn't consider himself an expert in prayer, maybe we can kind of take a bit of that burden and expectation off our shoulders and sort of slash that misconception that we should be experts at prayer. Okay, misconception number one, we expect to be experts. Number two, we sometimes think that longer equals stronger, right? So when I was at the gym, I would want to stay for, you know, an hour and a half, an hour 40, hour 50, because I thought it had to be like real pain, no pain, no gain. And M was like, look, I just want to be there for maybe like 30, 40 minutes. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to feel good about myself. And then we're going to leave. But I had this misconception that longer equals stronger. And I think we can have the same misconception about prayer. 
right? We think that there have to be these long-winded Shakespearean soliloquies that, you know, are in old King James English and just kind of are these beautiful poems. And in reality, longer isn't stronger. Sometimes the best prayers are just short and simple. They don't have to be these, these big, long-winded poetic psalms that we spout out. So I want to look at um, two different verses. It was, the first one is actually Jesus himself on the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew 6, 7, short and simple. He says, Do not use meaningless repetitions, thinking that you will be heard for your many words. He's literally saying it right there, being repetitive, going on and on and on and on in your prayer is not going to make it any more effective, is not going to make it any more impactful. In fact, it's probably going to make some of the people who are praying with you fall asleep, okay? It's probably going to make it just a bit of a pain for you and everybody else who has to put up with this big, raging monologue. The next thing is honest and sincere, Hebrews 10.22. Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith. See, with that longer equals stronger misconception that I had, I wasn't being sincere. What I mean by that is I was doing the things at the gym that I thought I needed to do instead of the things that I wanted to do. And I know this is a bit of a wild thought maybe for some of us, but God doesn't have these, these expectations of what we need to pray about. He just wants to hear what you want to pray about. He wants to be in a relationship, a friendship with you. And if you were trying to go out and have, you know, a coffee with a maid or hang out and you were just talking about the things that you thought they wanted to hear, it wouldn't be a very sincere and honest relationship. You know, you're kind of just trying to impress them all the time and you're not really being your true self, not really sharing what your passions and interests are. An honest and simple prayer can just be as easy as, hey, God, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling right now with this person. I'm getting really mad at them. Could you just help me with that? Or, hey, God, I'm, I'm feeling a bit tempted right now to maybe watch something which isn't really honoring of you. Can you just help me with that temptation? Thank you. It doesn't have to be this long-winded thing. Simple and sincere. If you take anything out of this talk today, pray can be simple and sincere. It doesn't have to be long-winded. It doesn't have to be trying to impress God. It's just a genuine, simple, honest conversation. Cool. Next misconception that I had, we need to be impressive. Okay, this is kind of going on from the last one, but it is a separate idea. So again, at the gym, who's like ever been to the gym before and just been super intimidated by some like gorilla in the weight section? Like just being like, oh my goodness, I, what is, is he even full human, you know? Just an absolute beast. And suddenly for me, because, you know, I have a male ego, I have to go over there and make sure that at least I'm sort of not being unimpressive. You know, I have to kind of get a weight that's not too small. I need to be making sure that my technique is sort of, you know, good enough for this guy's approval. I'm trying to be impressive. And again, Jesus, in that same sermon that we went to earlier in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's speaking about prayer again in 6, 5 to 6. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They've received their reward in full. Instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father 
who's unseen. We don't need to worry about needing to be impressive for people because we don't need to impress anybody with our prayer. And likewise, we don't need to be worried or scared of being unimpressive because if someone's going to judge you for, their pr- for your prayer, that's their problem, <laughs> okay? We don't need to be impressive. The next misconception, we don't ask. I know that's a really, really interesting one. We don't ask. We think we can do it on our own. So at the gym, for instance, I wanted to, you know, just kind of figure it out myself. There are all these personal trainers around who could have helped me. There are people who could have spotted me on the bench to help me get a better workout. But I didn't ask. And if you don't ask, you don't get So, what does that mean for prayer? Well, it's really, really simple. James 4.2, you do not have because you do not ask God. Are you just expecting God to work in your life, for God to do something for you, with you, through you, but you're not asking him? It's a real simple one, but it's a misconception that I can actually fall into sometimes. We just kind of expect God to do something, but we're not actually asking him in prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Call to me. Ask. It's a really, really simple one. It's why this 40 days of prayer is so important. Because we're really committing these things that we want to see God do in our lives, through us, in our worlds. We're asking faithfully in prayer. Expectant. The last misconception that I had about the gym was results are more important than relationship. Let me explain that. As I said at the start of this talk, Em and I joined the gym because we had just gotten engaged. But Em's idea of the gym was we should work out together. We should sort of bond together as, you know, soon-to-be husband and wife get to spend quality time with one another, chat, listen to one another. I was over in the weight section trying to impress the gorilla with my headphones in, listening to an iPod, not really listening to anybody, just kind of doing it myself, trying to like sweat it out, push, get more pain. I had it completely wrong. Because it wasn't about the results. It wasn't about, you know, how muscly I got, how much like Brad Pitt from Fight Club I ended up looking like. It was about trying to continue to invest in a relationship with them. And that's exactly what prayer is about. It's not about the results. It's not about what we get out of it. It's not about how well we do it. It's ultimately, plain and simple, about a relationship with God, a friendship with God. Prayer doesn't have to be boring and tedious and painful and frustrating and intimidating. It's literally just talking to God the way that you would speak to a really, really, really good friend who loves you unconditionally. For those of you who are parents in the room, I'm sure that you would love to hear your children speak to you and just tell you about what's going on in their lives. God's the same. God's our heavenly father and he just wants to hear what's on your mind. Hey God, I'm really looking forward to that lunch today. Hey God, I'm kind of, uh, it's been a big week for me. Thank you so much for such a great week. Hey God, it's been a really hard week. This is the kind of things that God wants to hear because he loves us so much. 
So let's quickly unpack those five misconceptions that we looked at to finish up. Number one, we expect to be experts. Number two, we think longer is stronger. Number three, we think we need to be impressive to impress others. And we're afraid of being unimpressive in our prayer. Maybe we're comparing ourselves to the way someone else prays. Number four, we don't ask. That's a really simple one. And number five, results, we think, are more important than our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So I want to look at these five new principles that I want to relearn. No one's perfect. None of us are experts. Simple and sincere. That's the sort of prayer that God wants. God already loves you. You don't need to be impressive. You don't need to impress anybody. God already loves you. God wants you to ask him for help. And finally, it's about the relationship, not the ritual. I might call uh, Dan back up. And I just want to close with these two Bible verses, which I think perfectly summarize what I've kind of been talking about this morning. The first one is James 4.8. Writes, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. And then Isaiah 30, 18, the Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. So he can show you his love and compassion. God not only wants us to talk to him, he wants us to listen to what he has to say. If we're not listening, maybe that's why God's not answering our prayer. <laughs> it's really hard for God to answer if we're not listening. We brought up this box last week, which is a place which Donna already said before we're going to put our prayer requests into over this series. And for some of you, maybe you already did that last week. But if there's another prayer that God's putting on your heart, God can answer more than one prayer. <laughs> he can handle that. If you've got some more requests, some more prayers, I'd encourage you to come up, put it in the box. Don't worry about walking in front of camera. That's all right. People at home will love to see you. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to put a prayer in the box, I'd really encourage you to do that with an expectant heart. It can be simple and sincere prayer. It doesn't have to be impressive. It doesn't have to be long-winded. doesn't have to be what you think God wants you to pray for. It can be exactly what you want to pray for. And if you're at home, I'd really encourage you also be bold and type a prayer in the comment section. And if it's a more personal prayer, we have our prayer requests on our website as well that you can go to. But I'd love to see some prayer requests coming through on the comment section. Let us pray. God, thank you that we can just talk to you. Thank you that it doesn't have to be hard, doesn't have to be painful. You just want us to enjoy a friendship, a relationship, a love that you have for us. We just give all of our prayers over to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.